There, there it is. is. Happy Friday, ladies and Friday. gents. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish things happen for me. Maybe artificial intelligence can help us with that. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Skynet. So stay tuned. Here we go. Shut, Shut up, up and sit down. down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> it is time to bring the heat. It is that time once again, ladies and gents. We've got a great guest lined up for you all right here on the Business Bros Pod. But before we jump into the show, a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review so that we can show up higher on search results and more and more business owners can get great knowledge and value out of our show. We'll sincerely appreciate that. Here comes the heat. Today's guest is an incredible thought leader and entrepreneur in the future of work. Our guest creates high-performing and empowered workforces, then enhances them through advanced technologies like artificial intelligence. She is passionate about and created her company in order to help organizations develop and realize transformational strategies design professional development and employee engagement programs. I can really take some tips on that one and help companies find the perfect balance between efficiency and innovation. Everybody can take some tips from that. So business owners, you will fall behind if you don't keep up with today's technology. You will not want to miss today's episode and your chance to hear from a pioneer. Joining us from launch, welcome to the show, Rebecca Bennett. Man, I love that, guys. What an introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> bow, Thanks curtsy. for joining us. Bow, curtsy. Bow, curtsy. <laughs> Becca, welcome to the, the program. Gift? Hey, uh, James dropped the fire intro, but why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on in your life these days? Yeah, certainly. So I about a year ago, I started a company called Launch, which is an AI consulting and solutions firm. And so basically what we do is when a business hears about AI and machine learning, they're like, ooh, ooh, what is that? I want to get my hands on it. It sounds interesting. And mm -hmm. yes, everyone wants to get their hands on it and play with it. Um, but the reality is that once they actually do, they're like, oh, this is complicated. This is hard technology. This is going to take time. This isn't just like I can get it up and running in three months type God. of technology. Mm -hmm. And so where we come in is we help them to devise a strategy on how to integrate AI or any kind of emerging new emerging technology into their business strategy that that so that way that they can go forward on a better foot. Man. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. Go for it, go so for one of the big things that I worked on this year was uh, automations. And just writing automations was hours and hours of when this happens, then this happens. When this thing does this, then this thing does this. How does AI function in with automations or or does it take over what automations are supposed to do? 
Yeah, definitely. So AI is a great tool to automate, uh, I guess, automations, um, but it really takes it above and beyond. So automation is really just taking a process and making it repetitive and having a machine run it for you. Um, and then there's a lot of instances on on how that can be done. Um, but where, where AI comes in is that it actually thinks about well, not necessarily things, but in a, from our perspective, it looks as if it's thinking about it and adjusting as uh, as it needs. So as we know, life is dynamic. Things happen that we don't expect. I mean, look at COVID. And so when you put insert a process into a machine and then you use AI, it actually adjusts for the different anomalies or different types of situations that can come up so it can spit out the best possible prediction, diagnosis, or answer recommendation you're looking for. So is it learning as it goes? Is that what you're saying? Is it's getting actually smarter as we as as it works? Exactly, just as like a human would. Mm -hmm. So one of the one of the automations that we have going right now, Nan, is mm -hmm. uh, the LinkedIn automation. Uh, we have a whole program going where where uh, LinkedIn is this thing is finding connections on LinkedIn and sending messages. Um, one of the things that I've noticed is that it doesn't necessarily differentiate between a good response or a bad response. Is this something that AI could help us with? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it doesn't differentiate between a good or bad response, and if it has AI attached to it, that's, that's driving the technology, then it just means that it's, it's newer. It doesn't have enough data to actually be effective and it still hasn't learned what is good versus bad. You can program a good versus bad, like a couple of examples into the machine. So it has something to start with. Um, and that's what we call input data. But when AI really takes off is when it, it uses training data. So that means you're getting user feedback back into the model so that it can actually improve. And this is where I see a lot of AI initiatives in businesses fail is because they don't focus enough on the, what we call the AI consumption side, where users are actually trained uh, and incentivized to give feedback into that system. We're great at producing the technology, but when it comes to consumption and actually getting AI into a, a, a useful, valuable place to be used in business, this is where it can take quite a bit of time to develop that um, that learning. I said, uh, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry, bro, I'm still in your show a little bit because there's it's cool because this is your this is your yeah, this, this is, is your wheelhouse. Not, yeah, 100. So I'm the systems guy. Hernan is the idea guy. He gives me an idea, and I have to figure out how to make it work. That's my job is how do, how do I make it work? So when I hear AI and automations, all these things, I'm like, ding, 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 this <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. So, so how much manpower, the, the data that comes in that you said, um, there, how, how did you call it? Data input or, or yeah. uh, consumer yeah. input, whatever it is, mm -hmm. how much manpower does it take? In other words, I'm a solopreneur. Can I... I get some kind of an AI system into the automations that I've created for, for my insurance agency, for example, and uh, how much hours am I going to spend working on this AI system for it to learn what I need it to learn and differentiate good responses from bad? 
Yeah, that's a that's a great question. A lot of people when they go in to adopt AI, that they have that very question. How long is it gonna take for this <laughs> and I can get value out of it? And so there's a couple of components that go into that response. Um, first of all, when you're gonna be using AI, you wanna look at where you're getting a very large volume of data enough data where you can actually pull trends from it. So a great source of data, for example, for your insurance company would be your consumers or your customers. You have a large number of customers in and you give them a way to give feedback into that system, whether it's a customer survey, something as simple as that, then that can be something that that can help the AI. If it's something that like one individual is giving feedback, let's say yourself, and you're just trying to configure the system yourself, that that's not going to work. It's um, you can code it to to help. Um, you can program it to to for the good and bad responses. But it really needs a large, large volume of data. We're talking like over a thousand pieces of data in order for it to identify any true trends that aren't uh, anomalies. So we're so going to need a team. Yeah, <laughs> going to need a team. But I mean, it's also it's not just about the quantity of data. A lot of it has to do with the the quality of the data. You want to make sure that the data is is valid. That, um, for example, if you have users say fill out, a, a, let's say, a Google survey on how satisfied they are with your insurance company, you have to make sure that they fill out a response that can be categorized. The data can be categorized in a very particular way. So this is where it's hard to get, say, freeform responses from users and it's a lot easier for a machine to read like on a scale from one to five, how would you rate this? And they can select one, two, three, four, five. A machine can read that a lot more easily. So that's what we're talking about, data quality. Um, it has to be something that the machine can read. And when it's not, you can certainly work with, with freeform data or unstructured data is what it's called. Um, it just takes a lot more time to kind of clean that up. And generally you have to put, attach that to a system. Um, so basically, numerize the data, turn it from letters and words into into numbers. 60% of the time, it works every time. So, <laughs> I, so then it sounds like you need a lot of stuff going into it. What, who's your ideal customer then? Who are you looking for that that can benefit from this type of AI? Yeah, that's a great question. So the types, there's really three different types of object objectives that a customer would want to achieve with AI. The first one and the most common one I see is a lot of CEOs wanting to boost the revenues of their company. So they'll use AI to try and do that. The second one is to reduce cost of a company. Um, so this is just a matter of helping a using AI to help a company create more efficiencies within the organization. Uh, for example, increasing um, employee productivity is one of them, having them not input the data themselves, but having the machine do that or do the number crunching. And then the last use case we typically see is using AI to collate and, and consolidate customer data into insights on what would make a really great new product. So for new product development would be the third use case. So, uh, for example, can you implement AI to operate within a system that you already use, a CRM, for example, or 
or a management system that already has data that's maybe uh, and, and what I'm thinking about is easy links James for for example mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. collecting a lot of information whether it's policy changes direct from from insurance companies or uh, or agents are changing information within within the software so there are a lot there are a lot of data points that are going in and out of that particular management system but that management system management system is proprietary to another company can it can use ai to kind of help facilitate some of that data and and make it useful for whatever it is that you want to do in your company certainly certainly yeah so a lot of the tools that are out there like the crms that people are using don't necessarily have ai already integrated into it because they they came out before people were even thinking about this and it became a hot a hot item um, so what companies are doing is they have their, they get their data from sources like those CRMs, but they're going to have to take that data and migrate it over into a platform that can actually perform the AI. Um, so, for example, the most popular ones that I can think of are AWS, Microsoft Azure, and uh, in Google Cloud. Those are, I would say, the three top um, main companies that provide the hosting services to allow you to plug that data into a model that you create on their platform. And then from there, it's all about working working the data, massaging it, and getting that model to work to so you can get insights out of that. And, and I know you mentioned uh, how long it would take for somebody to set that stuff up themselves. But when you come in and help uh, you know, implement some of these AI uh programs how long does it how long are we looking at then to kind of get things set up yeah definitely so if i mean if you're doing it on your own for the first time and you don't know what's going on i mean that could that could take you forever i mean it's it's a steep learning curve um but typically what most organizations do is they try to limit their their experimentation time and they'll do this uh starting out with essentially a pilot program and we'll typically, we recommend that that pilot program not go any more than six months. I mean, you can spend years on AI and trying to perfect it and getting it to where you need it to be because the reality is AI is not at the point of where what we call general AI. And general AI is having AI literally act and think like a human um, for any kind of general use case. Uh, So AI really is at the stage where it can only work on a very specific or narrow type of uh, use case. And so it's just we're we're so limited right now The the whole field has a lot, um, a lot to expand and grow. And we're just not there yet. But typically, if you start with a six month pilot and you give yourself those those guide rails that time limitation you can during that time assess is this going to be a yay or nay is this going to be a green light and we can keep rolling with it or should we shut it down and try something new so you're you're telling me that a company like boston dynamics doesn't have the capability quite yet so that we have these machines coming after us terminator style the ai is not quite there yet is what i'm hearing you say right i'm trying to put it in layman's terms right so that's that's what you're telling me right now we're not quite there yet nothing to fear there Nothing to fear, nothing to fear. But also remember, AI is completely programmed by humans. It's still operated and managed by humans. Even if, let's say you're one and done with the model, you've created a model, it works great. Well, guess what? A year from now, it it may not be the best model because, for example, with those developers who created it, did they ever think COVID was going to happen? No, it probably never even crossed their minds. So now all these insights are being derived 
maybe they're not necessarily true anymore. So you always have to go back to the model and maintain it and get new data inputs in it and training data. So it's mm -hmm. constantly evolving with the world. That's, that's, I mean, that's good to know. Cause I, I don't want to freak out when, you know, robots start taking over, but there's so many things that are, that, that AI can do already. And, and we've seen it. And a lot of us think of it as magic, spooky, freaky stuff. Like for example, I'll be talking about, I, I don't know, I got to go buy some shoes and I open up my Facebook app and boom, shoes are showing up there. Like mm -hmm. that, that is an example of, of AI kind of taking the information, the algorithms that we have on Facebook. The reason why I see this person's post on a regular basis versus this person's post that's all i ai controlled right yes yes i mean ai controls to an extent so what in that case so when you see the shoes ad after say you spoke about shoes to someone um really what it's doing it's it's like a recommendations system you can think of as is a great use case of how ai works and and same thing like netflix uses this as well to recommend movies to you so it takes not only your profile information, say from your social media, this is why all companies want you to do the single sign in through the social media so they can use that profile information to target you, but also kind of your, your behavior as a digital user. What are you looking at? What are you clicking on? What are you really spending more time on versus others? Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, if you have an Alexa at home or Google Home, what is it that you're talking about? It takes all those things into consideration and think of it as just like a word filter. Like everything you say, do is going through this filter and all the words that pop up more versus last, those are going to make it through the filter. And then the AI is going to be like, oh, he really likes these types of shoes. Let's make sure we target ads that are tagged with this this particular shoe size or this shoe brand or or whatever it may be. So you watch the social dilemma yet, speaking of Netflix? No, no I haven't. No, uh -uh. no? You got to check it out. It's it's uh, it's a, a lot of exactly what you're talking about, that filtering and then you see these words and it's a lot of of uh, you know, people seeing more of what they of what they look for. You know, the yeah, more you, the more you the see same. it, the more you see it. Exactly. Yeah, you're looking for it. Well, okay. So you said that for the most part, humans are controlling AI. So humans are programming, humans are controlling. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go the other side and say, I am releasing more of what I do to automations, to things like Amazon and to things like Alexa, to things like my phone, for example. I remember, I mean, something as simple as when I was growing up, I memorized my friend's phone numbers. And today <laughs> I couldn't even tell you my daughter's phone number. Like, I don't know what, the, I, I mean, I know it's on my contact list, right? But I don't really have that. I, I used to ride around my neighborhood and I can tell you every single street and alley and nook and cranny in the entire, you know, in all of IB, because that's where we grew up, where <laughs> Now I, I, I get lost. Like I can get lost going to Walmart if I'm not taking the right <laughs> streets. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm, I'm as a human, yes, humans are coding it, but at the same time, we're becoming so dependent on all, all these different types of things. Is, is there like, do you see an end in sight or are they heading towards where we think they're heading towards that whole thought process of, of where AI is going? To be honest, I, I do agree with you. I think we're taking technology further than we really need it uh, to be useful to us as humans. Uh, I think we're at a stage where, oh, we realized we can actually advance technology and make it work and do super cool things with it. So it's more just a matter of, what, of the question, well, what cool things can we do with technology, even if we don't really need it? And 
of course, businesses will always take the opportunity to see how they can monetize it. And so this is what we're experiencing as a society of consumers right now. And it can be kind of frustrating and, and like, who needs this or who needs that? And we don't necessarily see the value, but it's just people trying to monetize and experiment with what's out there. But understand that this is a process. These are stepping stones that are going to lead up to something bigger, greater and better. You just have to work. Fine by me. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like, like I said, like growing up, uh, so I was watching this video right before we got on the show today and it was talking about movies that have predicted the future, right? And so they're talking about some cool stuff that, that has happened. Back to the Future made some awesome predictions. Uh, Jurassic Park working with DNA structures uh, and uh, The Net with uh, with uh, Sandra Bullock in the 90s. Uh, predicting you're you're, what, missing, you know, you're missing the biggest one though, The Simpsons. The Sim <laughs> well, The Simpsons is, is like Nostradamus, dude. <laughs> That's totally a, a little bit different, but you know, I remember watching the Jetsons. I'm still waiting for that, you know, the the car that folds up into into the briefcase, or or having the robot that cleans my house. And to this day, we still, I mean, even now, we have robots that that sweep up the house, right? Like we're heading in some uh, some crazy directions. You're in the industry. When you sit down and talk to other other people who are in the AI business. I mean, you guys must take some stuff and go like, whoa, what if we can do this? And then start working towards that sort of stuff, right? Like that's where the, the concepts and ideas come from. Somebody has some sort of imagination and they think something up and then people like you sit down and think, all right, well, how can we make that happen? I'm, so I'm, what, still, wait, I'm still waiting for what, my Jarvis. <laughs> exactly. Just, just talk to me, turn on the lights for me and then do calculations. I mean, I tried. So. Way. So Alexa has this thing. Uh, oh, shut up! Don't listen. Um, she has this thing where where uh, they are testing AI. Like there's there's these these universities that are that are testing different AI programs, and so you can say something to Alexa and then start having a conversation, and it's you know growing its AI. Uh, database or those those data inputs that you're talking about so that stuff's all going on yeah it's, it's all going on and and when there's this whole thing about data collection right now and privacy there's been a huge push organizations realize the value if you can collect the data maybe they can't do anything with it now but they know that they'll be able to do that in the future and again we talk about data quantity if they collect that now, imagine all the historical data they, they're collecting, the advantage they're gonna have is if they just started yesterday. And so this is why there's been such a huge push because they know it's gonna add so much more value into the future when we're able to see those longer term trends. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's where you were heading was the future, right, Nan? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm blown away with what what things are going. Example, right now, we are live doing our business bro show. If you were to pull up the Facebook feed of us live, there are subtitles that you can come out and they're pretty accurate. Like, I mean, and live, Facebook understands me. If I had an accent, Facebook would understand me. If I spoke Spanish, Facebook would understand me and it would translate stuff. Like the ability for us to do things with, with AI is like, it's, it's mind blowing when you can really think about it. And yet here we are talking about, you know, some of the simple tasks that we want to get done in, in automation. But I, I did want to ask you, uh, and we went to that other, uh, other, other section. When you, when you sit down with people in your industry, and what what kind of crazy stuff goes on? Do you stick to mm. to the to the projects that you're talking about that you're working on, or does you does your group like kind of go into the future and kind of you go sci-fi? Yeah, do you go sci-fi? 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, certainly. It's always fun to go there. Um, it's always good to have like those fun brainstorming sessions to it's, we call them like the what if sessions, like what if we could do this or what if we can do that? And then it's, there's no, there's no walls or barriers holding us back, but it, we always have to bring it back to reality on what's useful for the customer now, what's possible now. The problem with uh, AI currently is that we do have a lot of the technology already in place, which is the cool, fun, and exciting part. We're capable of making a lot of these things we want to make, but it's not the capability as, uh, as us as humans. It's actually all the infrastructures uh, in, of society that is getting in the way. Um, so when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about our governing structures, what what governments allow versus what they don't allow. Um, having companies set up for, say, crisis situations like COVID, no one's been, no one's set up for that before. So we just didn't think of that. Hmm. So we're limited by what we're allowed to do is what you're saying. So the, the creativity, so, so, you know, theoretically speaking, so if Elon Musk set himself up on Mars and didn't have the governing, governing structure that we hear, have here in the U.S. and had his teams, they could do and start implementing many things that we're not allowed to do. Or maybe if we bring it back home here for a second, right, uh, maybe what you're allowed to do in the U.S., you're you're limited, but maybe you can go to another country that doesn't have those limitations, and you can take things to a whole other level. Is that is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so bring it bringing it back to that Jurassic Park conversation, since we mentioned that uh, Jeff Goldblum has this awesome line where he says, "You know, we 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 got to this point where." Uh, we're able, we can do all of these different things, but we never stop to ask ourselves if we should. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the uh, the cloning. Cloning is one of those things, same type yeah. of technology that we have that technology available, but question is, should we? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I My brain goes always to like Skynet and Terminator and all this stuff. And, you know, and, and that kind of, of worst case scenario of AI just really takes over, but I don't know. I mean, are we anywhere close to anything like that? I mean, is the, is the technology even there? You're saying that there's the technology is there, but the government is holding us back from, from doing certain things. Not necessarily the government, but I mean, I just would say society in general, like the restrictions that we impose upon ourselves. Um, I mean, yeah. And no, of course, ethics is included in that. And and that's exactly why they've created a ethics AI committee uh, globally to help uh, figure out as these companies are developing these um, various AI technologies, what is the best way to use it? We're all very much in this experimental state right now. And there's no world standard for what's right or what's wrong. I mean, there's no world standard for what's right or what's wrong in a lot of different areas, <laughs> not just AI. So this is an opportunity for this technology to bring the world together, have them create a standard um, of what's right and what's wrong, um, help finesse out those black and white areas. Um, sorry, help finesse out those gray areas into something that's more acceptable. And I, I want to give you some kudos because we took you on a crazy trip. I mean, we go, <laughs> we, we went all the way, all over the place. I mean, I, right now when you're talking, I was thinking, man, I, I just recently watched I Am Mother on Netflix. You watch that? It's a robot raising oh, yeah. a kid. Like, I mean, that, that sort of stuff is, is nuts, right? And you start thinking about things like The Matrix and, and that sort of gets crazy. Um, Raised you know, by Wolves, that's a new one that's out right now. And HBO. I haven't been able to see that because my Roku doesn't have HBO Max anymore. It's weird. But anyways, oh. 
um, my, my point is, I mean, we took you on, on a huge tangent. I want to make sure we kind of bring it back uh, to, to reality uh, and, and, you know, re- remind the audience real quick, launch is not going to end the world with, with AI. We're not going to uh, create robots. You know, we're not implementing the three laws of robotics here, right? There's, <laughs> there's none of that stuff. Remind yeah. us real quick, you know, what, what you're actually working on here uh, in the real world. Uh, you mean in terms of like the, the products that we're working yes. on? Yes. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so there is a product that we're coming out. We're super excited about it because there's nothing quite like it out there on the marketplace. And it's what, it's called AVA. It stands for Enterprise Intellectual Virtual Assistant. And I know that's a big mouthful. So what one can think of AVA is, is say like a digital assistant that can help an employee in the workplace do their job better. Uh, we don't see AI as a way to necessarily replace a human. Um, I mean, yeah, automation will come into play and help take over certain tasks that say no one wants to do. No one wants to do data input for their job all day. And that'll free them up to do more fulfilling things. They can go back to school, get reskilled and end up doing um, Mm -hmm. things that really matter and are important to them. Um, So essentially, Ava is there to answer any questions they have, whether it's about um, onboarding. So something like who is my benefits provider? Um, How do I get in touch with them? What is uh, when are bonuses coming around to helping them with their day to day? Like, uh, who do I connect to? Who who can I um, connect to that can help me with vendor procurement? Or are we using this kind of vendor? Um, it's like simple questions. If you're in a large organization, like this knowledge is scattered everywhere. And what we found through our interviews with companies is that it takes it takes employees uh, takes up thirty five percent of their day to just in that knowledge search mode, looking for the knowledge that you're looking for. So if AI is able to help reduce that, imagine the level of productivity we can operate as humans and we can get more done faster and have even more of an impact. Oh man, to be able to do the research for you, to do the data entry for you, to and then you can deal with the solutions and make decisions, that's huge. By the way, just one more time, because I, I, I couldn't help myself. What does AVA stand for? Enterprise Intellectual Virtual Assistant. That's a mouthful. Kind of reminds me of Strategic Homeland. (laughs) (laughs) Strategic Homeland Intelligence. I don't actually remember. We say S.H.I.E.L.D. for short. (laughs) 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 I I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Rebecca, hey, uh, if if people want to get information from you, uh, can you let people know how they get a hold of you, especially for our listening audience? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, personally, anyone can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, open to, to having a conversation. Um, but if you want to learn more about our products, our, our AI solutions, and kind of what we do for businesses, you can go to our website, which is launchitspot.com. Boom. Again, thank you very much for coming on the program today and dealing with all our craziness. I mean, we took you all over the place. We went to the future and back. And back. Right? We went actually we went all the way prehistoric times, right? We went into the dinosaur we, era. We so did. we were all over the timeline and you you uh you rode the timeline like a champ. So thank you very much for coming on the program. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, sure yeah, make sure you check Rebecca out on LinkedIn. Automation is, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that they're doing sounds so high tech, but you use it on a regular basis. And if your business is ready to operate at a new level, you want to check that stuff out, at least inquire because you don't know what you don't know. And if, if you can sit down and at least talk to Rebecca about what you're doing in your business, uh, she can advise you on uh, on at least where you should go at, based on where you are today. Rebecca, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Take care.
All right, ladies and gents, just a quick reminder, make sure you subscribe, rate, like, follow. We appreciate that very much. And if you guys have any questions, hit me up on my social media at Business Bros Pod. I'd love to hear what you're up to. Uh, and of course, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.